0: The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, prevention, diagnosis, counseling, treatment, or other services. Always consult a mental health professional before engaging in any activities discussed in this podcast. Thank you for listening. Have you ever wished for magical powers? Do you still await your Hogwarts acceptance letter? Well, welcome to Hogwarts. You are magical. And this is your invitation to join us in exploring the psychology behind the most magical series, Harry Potter. Welcome to Harry Potter therapy. you magical
1: people out there and thank you so much for tuning in to Harry Potter therapy. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy.
0: And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time witch.
1: So today we are going to explore Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets Chapter 4 at Flourish and Blots. We left off with Harry staying at the Weasleys, and life with the Weasleys is very amazing for Harry. He loves it. There's magic everywhere. There's a mirror that tells him to tuck in his shirt and a ghoul howling in the attic. There's explosions coming from Fred and George's room. But most importantly, there's this warm magical feeling of being liked and appreciated by the people around him. What does this type of environment really provide for Harry?
0: Well, it's such a stark difference from what he had just come from, from the Dursleys. You know, the Dursleys were so awful to him, imprisoning him and insulting him and hardly ever speaking to him, clearly disliking him and voicing their dislike. For any child, having a loving environment is essential for their growth, but especially for a 12-year-old child, for somebody that is a tween, for somebody that is starting to go through puberty, having this kind of love and support is essential at this point in their development. Well, you just
1: mentioned the Dursleys, and after living with the Weasleys for a bit, Harry sees the stark contrast you were talking about and how life was with the Dursleys. The Dursleys kept things strict and in order, while the Weasleys live in a more chaotic state where the strange and unexpected just burst out from anywhere and at any time. Do you have any thoughts on this?
0: I think it's very clear the different priorities that the two families have. As you mentioned, the Dursleys are very particular about order, but they're also very particular about appearances. If you remember in the beginning of the book, before the buyers are showing up for dinner, the Dursleys go above and beyond to make up elaborate stories of how to entice them or how to flatter them, essentially being fake. I think, unfortunately, a lot of times we spend so much time trying to please everybody else or, or so much time trying to appear as if we have it all together to have people think positively about us that we might forget to live really. Mm-hmm. And I think that with the Weasleys, they really have their priorities right. They're really all about family. They're most focused on making sure that their family has everything they need, that they are able to provide love and support and affection and parenting for each other and that everyone is well behaved. Whereas Dursleys encourage not only good appearances toward other people, but also sometimes even violence. Weasleys encourage good behaviors and compassion toward one another. So it seems like overall Weasleys have uh, much better parenting skills and much better priorities as a family.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Weasleys are amazing, and you definitely get what you see with them. So, one of the neat ways for wizards to travel is by this powdery substance called flu powder. The idea is that a witch or wizard grabs a handful of the powder, stands in a fireplace, says where they want to go, and are essentially ignited to that location by an explosion of green flame.
0: Here we are, Harry. You go first, dear. But Harry's never traveled by flu powder before, Mum. Flu powder? will you go first, Ron, so that Harry can see how it's done? Yes. In you go. That's it. Diagon Alley! You see? It's quite easy, dear. Don't be afraid. Come on.
1: It's super cool, but really scary. Any thoughts on
0: this? Man, I wish I had some flu powder right now. I think flu powder would be so amazing. We could really eliminate traffic and fuel emissions, and
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a green way of traveling. Yes, like, literally.
0: Yes, I actually kind of wonder if that's how Santa Claus travels, and <laughs> you know, I've always wondered if Santa Claus is a wizard. But it would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it, if that's how he yeah, travels no doubt. in fireplaces?
1: <laughs> so, with flu powder. When you speak the destination, you have to say it very clearly.
0: That's it. Very good. I don't forget to speak very, very clearly. Diagonally. What did he say, dear? Diagonally. I thought he did.
1: Harry essentially mumbles Diagon Alley and ends up in this dark magic shop in an area called Nocturne Alley. Is it wrong that I really dig Nocturne Alley? I mean, it's a bad place, but I really dig it.
0: I dig it, too. And actually, when we were in Universal Studios in Orlando, that's where you and I spend most of our time. And by the way, for any of you listeners that have not been, I highly recommend it. Both Harry Potter World parks within Universal in Los Angeles and in Orlando are wonderful, but only the one in Orlando has the Nocturne Alley. And not only is it a cool, dark place, but it is literally cool as in it's significantly cooler temperature-wise there than in many of the hot areas of the rest of the park. So it's a really nice refuge. Back to your question, I think that many of us are naturally attracted to the dark. We're attracted by either villainous characters or mysterious characters or some kind of nefarious places or objects. And I think it allows us to spark that curiosity about the darkness. It allows us to kind of step outside of line a little bit and be a little bit playful and embrace that part of ourselves and I think it makes sense that this might be something that as a reader we might be really excited and even seduced by.
1: Mm -hmm. So Draco Malfoy and his dad Lucius show up at the shop that Harry's in. They came there to sell illegal dark magic paraphernalia.
0: Mr. Malfoy what a pleasure to see you again. And young Master Malfoy, too. Delighted. I must show you just in today and very reasonably priced. I'm price. not buying
1: today, Morgan. I'm selling. Selling? Draco. You are aware, no doubt, that the Ministry of Magic is conducting more raids on private houses. There's even rumours of a new Muggle Protection Act.
0: Pure wizard blood is counting for less everywhere, I'm afraid.
1: Not with me. Anyway, I brought a few items from home that might prove uh, <clears throat> embarrassing for the Ministry at all. It was poisons and the like. Look at that. That particular item
0: is not for sale. I understand. It has unique qualities. One wouldn't want to see it falling into the wrong hands.
1: While Harry hides, he overhears Draco rambling on about how Harry gets everything just because he's famous. He's obviously jealous and bitter towards Harry.
0: bet you loved that, didn't you, Potter? Famous Harry Potter. Can't even go to a bookshop without making the front page.
1: What is jealousy, and how can it help or hinder somebody?
0: I think jealousy is an emotion that has a lot of bad rap. It's associated with either violence or sometimes erratic behavior, and it can sometimes lead an individual to engage in these behaviors. However, all emotions are significant and important, and I think it's not our emotions but our actions that make a difference. Emotions are all necessary and informative. Jealousy essentially lets us know that we might have some kind of an unmet need or some kind of a fear, and that we might have a need for reassurance or support, for example. And jealousy usually indicates that we might be afraid to lose something or that we might be really yearning to gain something. And that something is usually some kind of either emotional safety, such as when somebody in a romantic relationship is jealous, or for example, when people who are friends are jealous over their friend hanging out with other groups of friends, Or when somebody fears that they might, for example, lose some kind of affection or attention. And although on paper, you know, it might appear that this is a negative emotion, I think at its core, it's an innocent emotion in terms of it shows the amount of pain and suffering that individual is going through. Unfortunately, sometimes the way a person might go about having their needs met might not be the most helpful way. So for Draco, his jealousy toward Harry causes him to be a bully. However, at its core, jealousy shows us what somebody might be yearning for. So I think for Draco, that something might be belonging or admiration or fitting in and given that he was always the one that was the center of attention I wonder if there is this almost childlike fear of losing his place in a social circle of losing affection from others of being kicked out for Potter and I think very often there's an assumption of scarcity there's an assumption that affection and attention are scarce and that all the resources that people have are going to go to another person but the truth is love is infinite and what that means is that just because some people might admire one person doesn't mean that there's not enough place in their heart for somebody else i think that's why some individuals might feel this emotion of jealousy so strongly because they assume that just because folks might really value one person that they will automatically be cast out.
1: Yeah, I see with respect to Draco, he's a very spoiled kid with his family and he gets a lot of attention. And I can see how something like this, you know, any kind of detraction from his attention would cause him to feel a certain way.
0: Well, and also his father is so strict and at times cruel toward Draco himself, I think Draco might fear That it's true that only one person can have everybody else's friendship and affection. And being the only child not being used to sharing his parents' affection with anybody else, he might not realize that people can admire multiple people. And just because Harry can be the center of attention doesn't mean that Draco can't enjoy people's support and affection as well.
1: Right. You were just mentioning how Draco's father, Lucius Malfoy, treats Draco a little harshly. He does come off very unsympathetic with regards to Draco. Don't touch anything, Draco. Yes, father. There's even a point where he tells Draco that he should be embarrassed that he is being surpassed at school by a girl without wizarding blood. He's referring to Hermione. How do insults like this affect a child's development and possibly influence discrimination?
0: Well, I think that we're hearing two different types of discrimination here, right? We're hearing racism and sexism. He's telling Draco that he should be embarrassed by a girl, as if to say that boys are better than girls. And then he points out that it's not just any girl, but a girl without wizarding blood or a girl that was born to Mongol parents, and so we're seeing pretty clear signs of racism here. And so, in this way, in just this one sentence, Lucius is essentially teaching his son that boys should be better than girls and that wizards should be better than muggleborns. And it promotes that prejudiced attitude of us versus them, of stating that wizards are better or should be better than muggles and muggle porn so that boys should be better than girls. And it creates a lot of hatred and prejudice. And so it's not surprising that Draco behaves the way that he does toward Harry and Hermione and also to Ron.
1: Yeah. So Harry visits Gringotts with the Weasleys. When they open the Weasley vault, Harry sees just how poor they are. Their vault is almost empty. After seeing this, Harry feels very guilty, especially when they visit his vault and there's this huge stack of money. Harry even tries to shield it with his body to try to hide it from them. I sense shame and compassion here. What are your thoughts?
0: There's a difference between guilt and shame. So guilt is feeling bad about a specific action or specific event, whereas shame is feeling bad about ourselves as a whole, right? So if we're feeling shame, we might think, I am bad, I am not good enough, I'm not lovable. If we're feeling guilty about something, then we might be feeling guilty about one specific action or one specific event. In this case, I don't think Harry's feeling ashamed, but I think he's feeling guilty over something that he has and the Weasleys who are now taking care of him too, in addition to all their other kids, the fact that they don't have nearly as much money as he does I think that he probably does feel compassion toward them overall in terms of seeing their struggles and overhearing them talk about how they might not be able to afford all the books and how they might not be able to afford more flu powder. And I think that's why when he receives the signed books from Gilderoy Lockhart, he gives a stack of his to Ginny.
1: In Flourish and Blots, we meet the ever-egotistical Gilderoy Lockhart. I mean, he just embodies vanity and narcissism.
0: Oh, Harry, thank goodness we hoped you'd only gone one great too far.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gilderoy Lockhart. <gasps> here is. Mum fancies him.
0: Make way there, Please. Let me by madam, thank you. Excuse me little girl. This is for the Daily Profit. It can't be Harry Potter. Harry Potter! (laughs) Excuse me madam.
1: Nice big smile Harry. Together you and I rate the front page. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, what an extraordinary moment this is. When young Harry stepped into Flourish and Blots this morning to purchase my autobiography, Magical Me. Which, incidentally, is currently celebrating its 27th week atop the Daily Profit bestseller list. He had no idea that he would in fact be leaving with my entire collected works
0: free of charge.
1: Can you explain what narcissism is and how it is used with this character?
0: In general, narcissism is a preoccupation with how somebody appears, not only physical appearance, but also in what is said about them, preoccupation with self-admiration and trying to appear in a positive light. Individuals who are narcissistic will often get very easily offended if any of their flaws are pointed out and in some instances might become rageful and vengeful if anybody is aware of their flaws or if anybody points out their flaws as a result they might retaliate such as by wiping out someone's memories for example Mm -hmm. in the muggle world that sometimes that can come across as physical violence people like gilderoy lockhart might be only willing to let people know their seemingly appealing sides or what they think of as their appealing sides and as a result might spend a very long time trying to get that perfect look or that perfect selfie actually picturing gilderoy lockhart spending hours posing for a perfect selfie and um wondering you know if maybe gilderoy lockhart has an instagram account yet
1: <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> you just started something there <laughs> <laughs> so while we're in flourish and blots lucius malfoy runs into the weasleys and hermione's parents the grangers he views them with disdain and insults them both. The Weasleys because they're poor, and the Grangers because they're muggles and they're not magical. And you must be Miss Granger. Yes, Drake has told me all about you and your parents. Muggles, aren't they? Let me see. Red hair, vacant expressions. Tatty. Second-hand book. You must be at the Weasleys. Children, there's a man in here. Let's go outside. Well, well, well. Weasley, senior. Lucius. Is your time at the ministry, Arthur? All those extra raids? I do hope they're paying you overtime. You're judging by the state of this. I'd say not use in being a disgrace to the name of wizard
0: if they don't even pay you well for it. We have a very different idea about what disgraces the name of wizard, Malfoy. Clearly.
1: Associating with muggles. And I thought your family could sink no lower. No wonder Draco is the way he is, like we were discussing before. Do you have any thoughts on this portrayal of discrimination?
0: I mean, it's pretty appalling to read this, right? Lucius insults Arthur by making fun of how much money Arthur makes in terms of pointing out that clearly the raids are not paying Arthur overtime and calling him a disgrace. And then when looking over toward the Grangers, He tells Arthur the company you keep Weasley and I thought your family could sink no lower. It seems really obvious that he is purposely trying to start a fight Mm -hmm. and he succeeds. So Lucius and Arthur get into a scuffle here after which Ginny's books are knocked out and we see Lucius give her the books back. This is when Lucius sneaks in the diary into Ginny's books. You know, this kind of discrimination, although in this case was created specifically to start a fight, is so believable because it's completely not out of Lucius's character. I imagine probably felt really good for Arthur to finally get a punch in <laughs> it, because I imagine that this is something that Lucius has stated numerous times before, and I imagine that this is a A really painful issue that Arthur had already been fuming over for a long period of time. And so I imagine that this kind of scuffle in a lot of ways probably felt good for them both.
1: Yeah, you can almost say that Lucius used sleight of hand or sleight of fist in this case. So, I think this is a perfect opportunity for us to end this episode of Harry Potter Therapy. Again, my name is Dustin McGinnis. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek.
0: And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlet. You can find me on Twitter at Shadow Quill or Dr. Janina Scarlett Official on Instagram.
1: If you'd like to know more about Harry Potter Therapy, you can check out Dr. Scarlet's book, Harry Potter Therapy, an unauthorized self-help book from the restricted section. Thank you so much for tuning in and stay magical out there, everybody.